Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts To On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains, you're back at the spot, the place, the location where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, there she is, and the responses are never dull. Today, we have Tara Killen, and she's killing Hello, Brains. <laughs> she's doing the most as a former Air Force veteran. She's a coach. She's got a program. She's a speaker. She's a teacher. She helps people that are stuck uh, to reframe that, to uh, pour it into a different container, to live your best life, understanding who you are, accepting who you are, and allowing others to be welcomed into who you are. She has a lot of experience to that, being a gay woman or a lesbian woman, uh, and she's married. So I want to just kind of see how that all fits in the diversity, equity, inclusion space when it comes to work, what her experience was um, that in the military, and just really how to help others when they're struggling and they're at the crossroads. So let's welcome her to the edge. How are you, Tara? I'm well. Thank you very much for that warm welcome. And hello, Brains. It's great hey, to hey. see you. Hey, 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 hey. So how do you show up in the world? Tell us, if I haven't already told enough. <laughs> <laughs> how do I show up in the world? Oh, I show up in the world every day uh, doing my very best. Um, I'm not necessarily perfect. None of us are. But day by day. Oh my God, that's news to me. (laughs) (laughs) Except you, of course, right? Uh And Um, you do. I mean, you know, what is what is perfection, though? I mean, really, let's let's just really brush it with a broad stroke. What is perfection? Perfection can be annoying because, well, you know, and I say that too. That's the overachiever and the imposter syndrome and insecurity. Oh, just I'm perfectionist. And that's kind of a it's kind of a turnoff for me. So I appreciate what you say when you say you show up, you know, doing your very best. Continue. <laughs> Thank you. Um I think that uh one of the things that I help people with the most is realizing that um we are coming to this world in a default default mode. And that's not how we have to live. So in talking about your, your, what is perfection and how do I show up in the world? um, It came down to a decision of what kind of life did I want to live? Who did I want to be? How did I want the world to see what Tara Killen is? And I help others with that as well. Um, Coming into this world in a default setting where you have parents and teachers and, and society and television telling each of us how we are supposed to be, how we're supposed to live. I feel that, a lot of us don't feel heard, that a lot of us have an inner voice that we try to shove down or ignore, and it results in us feeling stuck in the world, where we wake up and go, is this all that there is? And the answer to that is no, it's not. Um, And I help people discover in them what they would love, a life they would love, and then help them become into it. Okay, so you have a very different lifestyle and life experience than me. 
I am a 60 year, 61 year old uh, black woman married to a heterosexual man for the last uh, 39 years. I'm the mother of one. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. You have a very diverse set of circumstances than mine. How can you bridge the two based upon your experience, my life experience to help me unfold and uncover something that you probably have never experienced? What sort of tools or methodology or modalities do you use to help me? So when you say that I've probably never experienced what you've experienced, I think that that is something that I want to address first. So I am married. I purchased my home. I have um, never had a child physically. However, I have nieces and nephews that I have been around in my whole life. So I have seen and been part of children being reared, though I didn't give birth on my own, which there's many a straight person that also has not had a child on their own, but have experiences, nieces and nephews and, you know, babysitting and grocery stores and, you know, family get togethers, all that, where there are children involved in the raising of children. Um, I'm in a relationship, I'm married. So I have someone in my life that I love, that I'm, I'm emotionally invested in, that I uh, is my world of my heart, that is my companion through this world, that um, day by day, we build a life together, we have a home together. So I don't think it's all that much different than yourself. Uh, I'm 53. So I'm a little bit younger, but not that much. Uh, and so I have worked, I have loved, I have shared, I have experienced. Just because the person that I'm married to sits down to pee doesn't make it all that much different. Well, I'm not I'm not just saying that. You know, I, I just said marriage overall. It doesn't matter if you're a heterosexual or homosexual, but it is a different relationship. And what I'm talking about is okay, let's talk about culturally. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you haven't walked the path that I've walked, nor have I walked the path that you walked because mm -hmm. if they put me in the military. They would have kicked me out or I would have been AWOL. <laughs> <laughs> I, just don't, you know, I just am not made of that fiber. But yeah. again, you know, being a black woman, you can't relate to that. There's no, no collation, you know, a woman, okay. Growing up in South Central Los Angeles, no collation. So, th so those type of things. And the reason why I bring that up and I define that is because there's coaches not saying this is you. I'm just sure. making a blanket statement. There's sure. coaches out there um, that are still on, on the bench, that are still team players. I don't want you to be able to uh, mimic my life, nor am mm -hmm. I going to mimic yours. But what mm -hmm. I want there to be when I work with someone mm -hmm. is a understanding especially, you know, culturally, because I've got to walk a different path in this life. I've got to, absolutely. I'm, you know, dodging a bullet, be it in the corporate world, I'm considered as aggressive or they don't like my hair. That I can relate to. Yeah. Or, uh, or I am, you know, not good enough, or mm -hmm. it's, you know, I'm the only piece of pepper in the salt shaker, those type of things. So how do you help me get over that or get with that to live a better life mm -hmm. we've got a lot of similarities but we've got some major disparities and differences as well 
Agreed. And I think that's that's a major, major strength. Um, I don't pretend to be you or be anyone else but me. When I talk with people about coaching, when I talk with them about living the life that they would love, it's just that. It's the life that they would love. It's understanding what they want in their life, what you would want in your life. It's not for me to tell you how to live your life. It's not for me to tell you what you should have in your life or shouldn't have in your life. It's not for me to try to pretend to understand what living your life is like. What it is for me to do is give you tools to get unstuck, to help you discover what you would love, to help you. You mentioned a moment ago that about possibly not being good enough in a scenario to help people realize that they are good enough and why, to help people see who they are in, and who they are is, let me back up just one second to explain it better. When you look at me, you see a white woman with blondish hair and glasses and light eyes that was in the military that you may or may not be somebody that I, you would think I, to be friends with or colleagues with, or maybe you would, I don't know. When I look at you, well, again, you said a black woman, a 63 year old woman, corporate world, all, all of the parts. Of you <laughs> 61. Think? 61, excuse me, I'm 53. I apologize. No, 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 I'm um, but what I'm trying to say is that's, that's the outside. Okay. We live in an inside out world where thoughts become things where who you are on the inside affects what is on the outside of you. As you look around in your room right now, everything you see around you was created twice, once in the mind and then once in the physical world. Everybody's life is like that. Everybody's life is not about who you see, how you live and all that kind of stuff. Everybody's life starts on the inside. And that's where I help people. I don't help people by telling them who they should be or claim to be them or know them. No, I, what I do is help people see what they would love and help them live it. Right. Okay. But, and I don't want to be, I don't, I, I don't want you to, to misinterpret what I'm asking you. Sure. What I'm saying is, is helping me bring the best out in me, not replicating, not duplicating, not, not copying. And I can kind of agree to disagree with you when it comes to being inside out because this is what you ex exude when we mm -hmm. walk into a room and the first time we meet each other the first thing you look at is the outward exterior mm -hmm. a lot of, and i'm telling you 90 percent. i'm going to say 90 percent of the time people don't give you an opportunity to look inside to look outside of this meat suit and see your heart that takes time mm -hmm. people even want to invest the time we mm -hmm. have to be careful too as to what we exude because that's what people gravitate to. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad, that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. That's no. just again, like you say, it's by default. When mm -hmm. children are born, you know, you don't know what their orientation is going to be as they grow and develop, but we put them in these roles. Oh, okay, this is a boy, so he's gonna play with trucks, he's gonna do this, he's gonna do this. This is a girl, this is what she's gonna do. This, she's gonna do this, she's gonna do this. Again, you're not allowing them to evolve and see what they're going to be, what they're going to do. You know, no, that's they, where I come in. 
yeah, they may be a nomad. You know, they so exactly where I come in. Exactly. Okay. But that takes development and that takes awareness. And so what I'm trying to do is also tell people to allow capacity, allow space on both sides. Allow me not to like something if I don't like it. Like I don't like oatmeal. Don't put it on my plate. Okay. But if you come to my house and you like okra, I'm going to make you some. Mm-hmm. don't force something upon me i'm not going to force something upon you that's wrong mm-hmm. so in this development and and again like you say by default you know we're not we shouldn't be we are but we shouldn't be mechanical animals there's certain mm-hmm. my mother was had this thing about uh when she went to the hospital she says oh my gosh she says there's so many male nurses girls should be nurses boys should be doctors well i mean you know she was 91 years old that was what she was programmed to believe. And I said, well, mom, you don't think you're going to get the, the same quality of care? I said, you you know, she says, yeah, but they sure are cute. <laughs> I said, I know. I said, but they might be more empathetic. You know, they might be more understanding. You just don't know. So it, it, it's a lot to unpack. So I, you know, I understand. I wasn't trying to be, you know, controversial or anything with that. I'm, these are questions that people would ask, sure. you know, that don't know. So mm-hmm. as you get with clients, who is your ideal client? Because everybody's not going to be your person. Who's no. the person that you feel that, that gels best with the skills that you have and what you pour into them? Mm-hmm. Uh, in general, my ideal client is something that has um, evolved over time. It was not ever an intention. It's kind of funny. Uh, the people that tend to gravitate to me are uh, females over the age of 40. Uh, in general, Waking up one day, doing everything that, by default, that you think you're supposed to do and not finding yourself in a good space, not comfortable in your skin or not comfortable in your work or not comfortable in your life, not feeling the happiness that you thought you would feel, that you envisioned you would feel as an adult, brings self-reflection. And it's like, I don't know why. Uh, Myself, I was working seven days a week. Um, I had more work time than lifetime for sure. And I realized that I was um, despising my life, but I thought I was doing everything that society wanted me to do. And what I realized was that it's not about what society wants me to do, like you just talked about. It's not about the default. It's not about what people say that we should be or should do. It's about what would I love and that I could live a life by design. And that's what I do. I help people live a life by design and help them create different scenarios using different tools to take the steps that they can take with what they have from where they are to live the life they would love. Okay. So give us a couple of those tools. What is it? Is it meditation? Is it talk therapy? Is it breath work? Is it mirror work? Is it good shot of tequila? What, what is it? that uh, that you know helps you ignite a fire under individuals first off what i do with well, the main starting tool is the exercise of asking them breaking life down into four quadrants and and asking them about these four quadrants which would be relationships time and money freedom vocation and health and ask them in each one of those quadrants what life would you love to see yourself living three years from now if you could wave a magic wand and have any life you wanted in those four quadrants first tell me what that is okay so that's that's one tool because 
if you're driving somewhere and you let's say you have your gps in your car if you don't have it set to a destination you're just driving so first you have to know what your destination is before you can take a step towards it does that make sense yeah absolutely okay so then another tool is noticing what you're noticing so we tend to use our imagination where have you ever driven down the road and you catch yourself thinking and you realize that you're going to go meet with somebody and um, you're having the conversation in your head already before you even get there? That's called manifestation. Absolutely. Well, and that's just <laughs> it. Me, is you can manifest for good and you can manifest for bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, pla I'm planting a seed on my, on my way there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very <laughs> much so. Many times, yeah. I get it. So one, having a destination, knowing what you would love Two, noticing what you're noticing, because you're right. You are manifesting every minute of every day. If we realized how much we create in our lives, we would think completely differently. And so those two main tools are essential in, in helping somebody ignite their reality. Um, another tool is when you interact with somebody, you become a person of increase, like you just said. When you're driving someplace, you're you're thinking about you're planting the seed, right? So many people don't plant seeds, or if they do, they're thinking about what could have gone wrong. Like, I wonder if they're going to like me. I wonder if if I wore the right clothes. I I they probably are going to judge me on this. They're probably going to judge me on that. Instead of sending out in, in advance, thank you for the wonderful meeting we're going to have. Thank you for the incredible conversation. Thank you for taking the time and, and meeting with me and, and spending this day with me, sending forth that positive energy to that person before you even get there. There's so much that we do on a daily basis that if we realize the impact, it would be amazing how a different world we live in. So what sets you on this path to be a coach, to be a speaker, to be a teacher? Um, you know, what, what was it that was your aha moment and said, you know, this is something I want to pour, pour more into. I want to help other people. I was one of those people that woke up and thought, is this all that life has? Is this all that there is? I've done, I've checked all the boxes that I was told are the right things to do, and I'm not happy. Um, and in doing that, I read, I researched, I took courses online, and ultimately, uh, in a collaboration of all of that together, I learned so many different things that affect a life, like we talked about in the um, holding what you would love, having a destination, in the noticing what you're noticing, and many, many other tools. In, in doing and learning about these things, I learned that this wasn't the life that you have to live. I, too, got a mentor who was there for me to help me take the steps that I could take from where I was, from, from that place of not liking my life, not liking my relationships, not understanding, is this all that there is? And in turning my life around, I wanted to help other people turn their lives around by showing them the tools that I learned, by sharing with them the experiences that I've had and what my life is now and helping them get from point A to point B as well. I've made a commitment to myself that over the next five years, my intention is to help 500,000 people see that there is an option that's not waking up hating your life. That's a big lofty goal. 
But I'm sure that she can do it. I'm sure that she can do it because each one teaches one. So you exactly. have a program. Tell us a little bit about your program. I do one-on-one coaching and I do group coaching. I have uh, smaller courses to start and then larger annual courses um, that, again, are individual and group. And in that, we meet uh, for an hour a week and uh, we start in a, a system of support that is a structure. So that way, it's an evolution into the understanding that it's not necessarily what you get in the process. It's who you become in the process. Because if you've heard of the law of attraction, right? Manifestation, absolutely. Right. And so so if just the word attraction, you know, like attracts like. So you don't get what you want. You don't get what you need. You get what you are. And if there is a life imagined that um, is where you want to be, the only reason you're not there is because you're not a vibrational match to it. And so what I do in my programs is help people walk the path with them, teach them the steps that they can take in their life to be the person, to live as the person, to have the relationships, to have the vocation, to have the health that they want to have. And that's so going back to your initial question about how would I relate to someone like you being someone like me, it's it's not about me relating and knowing all of your nuances. It's about the individual knowing their own nuances and me helping them with tools and and so system of support to become the best version of themselves that they want to be. Because it's not for me to tell anybody who to be. It's not for me to tell anybody what life to live. It's not for me to tell anybody even how to do it. But what I will do is tell them these work this works. It is an option for you. And what I do is I offer people a free strategy session that any of your listeners that would, they would like to have a conversation. We can talk about their life and where they are and identify the gap between where they are now and where they want to be and talk about the programs that I offer to help them get there. Well, thank you so much for doing the deep dive and, you know, going into more clarification because you hear these words, uh, these big $25 words, as I like to call them, just rolling off people's tongue. I'm a transformational coach. Okay. You're going to turn me into frog. Uh, I'm a life coach. How can you dictate, you know, I can't control my own life. How can you dictate, facilitate, control, uh, help me manipulate, make the changes that I need to make, make me get over certain hurdles if you have really no uh, no idea of who I am, what I do, again, like I said, we don't have to, I appreciate that we're not the same because that is how I'm going to grow is by a different experience, okay? That is how you are gonna grow by in, in, uh, interjecting and being involved in a different experience. That's what people don't do yes. now. They wanna yes. be so combative. They want us all to assimilate but not acculturate well mm -hmm. what they end up doing is assassinating our character mm -hmm. and i don't think that that is beneficial to anyone uh the world has changed and it's evolving every second i mean look at ai you know yes. my, my mother used to say oh that internet and facebook is the devil well she's right. <laughs> <laughs> but could you imagine mm -hmm. not having the devil during the pandemic 
Right. During the pandemic, uh, Tara, what did that teach you? That that two-year pause, silence, doing deep introspective work, being afraid of everybody that comes near you. <laughs> what did that teach you about you and about life? It taught me that the biggest thing that I found in people during that time, because there was a lot of, like you say, a lot of online time, was that people desperately desire to be heard. Agreed. And that the, dif the difference in all of us, to me, in that time broke down to no one listens to me. No one hears me. You've got Republican, you've got Democrat, you've got Black, you've got White, you've got Asian, you've got American Indian, you, you know, you've got all these different everythings, Irish and German and Catholic and Protestant and every, there's all these, like you talked about earlier, the labels, the he, she, they, all, all the different labels that we have. Bottom line, to me, during the pandemic, what I heard, what I learned, how it affected me, was that I realized and I saw and I felt how much we need to be heard. Absolutely. And a lot of people were in a deafening, a deafening echo chamber of hearing nothing because mm -hmm. they don't want to. And Brains, that's what I ask you is to um, allow yourself to want, to dream. Even if it's not, you know, your forte. That's like me. I might be adventurous and try some open. <laughs> Maybe I'll try it a different way. Maybe it won't be sauteed. Maybe it'll be, you know, fried or whatever it is. But I'm going to allow myself the capacity to learn. That is what our journey is. We have two purposes. One is to learn. One is to teach. Everything else is water under the bridge. You're not going to take that fancy car. You're not going to take those diamond rings. You're not even going to take your partner with you. And I say that, heaven forbid, there's partners that die together all the time, but they're going in two different directions. They live two different lives. They may be soulmates, but they have had two very different experiences. So allow for those experiences. Question yourself. So I want to question you. I want to ask you some fun stuff. Okay. Your experience in the army. Uh, Air Force. Oh, Air Force. Oh, well, you're real smart. You know, they got the real smart ones in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> they rank them there. You know, I'm not going to tell you what the other three or four rank, Coast Guard, Navy, Marine Corps, and Army. But the Air Force, yeah. Did you fly a plane? No, I did non-destructive inspection. No. I, uh, well, I was a, one of the people that made sure that um, everything was safe. Okay. So... What encouragement would you give to, uh, this is way off the rail, but you having military insight, being a veteran, what would you say to the people in Gaza or Israel that are fighting this war right now? How do they stay focused? How do they stay strong? I mean, who wants to, who wants to kill somebody and you don't even know their name? You know, who wants to go in and hold somebody hostage that you've never had a conversation with? What, what is that mindset? How can that person just, you know, get through day to day in the military? It's rough. I agree. Um, 
we look at the military and we look at military operations and we look at things on the news through the eyes of a civilian, of a person who's not been through that training. I, when you say, how do they get through it and where do they stay in their mind? That My answer to that question is, is rely on your training. Um, when I was in the Air Force, it was during Desert Storm. And that was quite a while ago. And I have no beef with anybody in Iraq or Iran or Gaza or Israel or Pakistan or anything. In when I was in the Air Force and I was trained, your training is what you rely on. And if in that moment during Desert Storm, I was called upon to go and get in a plane and, and be in a frontline situation, I would have done it because in that moment, that would have been my mindset and my training. So again, like I said, I would have made it through basic training because they tear you down to build you up. They do. Okay. But again, there has to be core values that I'm sure that are still embedded with you to this day. Resilience, mm -hmm. self-alliance, uh, commitment and loyalty to your, you know, your brothers and sisters in the, in the military, the other soldiers, you leave no one behind, mm -hmm. um, your intention. Mm -hmm. You know, you're being able to trust your instincts. So a lot of those characteristics are, I think, and what you've told me, mirror over into the work that you're doing now with individuals, okay. that you help them, again, tear themselves down to rebuild themselves back up in a way mm -hmm. of speaking. And leave no one behind. And leave no one behind. Oh, my God, I squirted a tear. Stop it. <laughs> stop it so you have a big beautiful smile what makes you smile what makes you happy not your wife not your dog but really internally what just lights you up I love to see people living their life to the fullest whatever that means I every time at work in my relationships with you mentioned my dog, with my dog, with my neighbors, with my clients, seeing them living a life that they love is probably one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen in my entire life. Seeing people feeling heard, seeing people feeling alive, seeing people feeling joy and happiness from within instead of searching for it coming from the outside. When you see someone living life because they love it, it is probably to me the most beautiful thing you will ever lay eyes on, even more than the most beautiful sunset, even more than the most beautiful fall, the most gorgeous oceans, seeing life streaming from someone's eyes, from someone's skin, just glowing with that. It's, it's birth in itself. It is glorious. Right. And it makes me smile. All right. Well, I'm glad that makes you smile. Uh, a nice bowl of uh, gelato makes me smile. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be, Tara, and, and why? Well, okay. Um, hmm. I would probably be um, 
a food processor because no matter what you put in me, there's a setting that can fix it into something else. Oh, probably today, you know, I change from day to day. Today, I'd probably be the dishes <laughs> because you can pile me up, you put everything on it, but I would be fine. Uh, Linux China, I don't think I would just be a paper plate. <laughs> If you were a car, what kind of car would you be? I would be a Subaru Outback. Really? And I would be a Subaru Outback because I'd be sharp, all-wheel drive. I can go anywhere and I can go to a nice restaurant and I can go to a business meeting and versatile and fits all situations. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's good. I always tell people I'd be a 1974 uh, VW van with the flowers painted on the outside, a big mattress in the back, some tequila, a hookah pipe, and some, uh, some <laughs> reggae playing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly I've envisioned it. You're talking about manifestation. I've been visited uh, many times I've visited. If uh, you, what would a younger version, what would you say to a younger version of yourself say in your 20s you are more than you know you have more support than you know just look at a blade of grass growing through the concrete if a blade of grass can grow through concrete you can do anything you just believe in yourself and keep going because it's all going to be okay and in closing what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as someone who held the hands of the world to contribute what she could contribute to help it be a better place. Well, there's a lot of white space that you can color in, sister. Okay, because everything is so convoluted. You know, you look at sports, politics is what I call them. <laughs> They're all tricking us up. Uh, yeah. You know, relationships, finance. You know, we're about to run into that. People aren't even talking about that. We're talking, you know, the financial currency, just the mindset of Americans. This used to be uh, where everybody clamor to everybody wanted to be here this was freedom this was you know again the red white and blue you have put your life on the line you dedicated to protect <laughs> you know for the yeah. lack of a better term cowards like me because i wasn't doing it <laughs> I, I think it still is that place i, I, really know, I still think it is too but it's just wavering it and it's like we're not getting along with ourselves. It's not other, it's not outside influences. So I, I say all that to say this, that I really hope that we do the deep dive to do some restoration, to, mm -hmm. you know, to revisit, to get the rust off of it, to put a shiny new coat of paint, because mm -hmm. there is so much to live for. There's still so much beauty. There's so many wonderful people out there, but we cannot be combative, uh, you know, judgments, there's going to be, there's people are going to judge, but they use judgments also to create boundaries, but boundaries are not walls. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, don't limit yourself. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you. I'd love for them to work with you to, you know, again, pull back the layers, see where they land. Oh. Uh, 
that's so important to have a different perspective and to have a cheerleader in your in your corner. Well, Brains, um, you can call my office at 1-855-437-8673. And we can schedule an appointment for me to talk with you. We can have a strategy session. I'll give you a free start strategy session. And you can also go to my website and read a little bit more about me. It's Tara Killen, T-A-R-A-K-I-L-L-E-N, period, Life Mastery Consultant, spelled L-I-F-E-M-A-S-T-E-R-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-A-N-T.com. Brains, don't worry. I took it down for you. I got notes. I'm going to put it at the back of the interview because I don't want you to miss an opportunity to grow, evolve, and um, get clear, you know? Get in the focus and stop tripping, you know? Are you a, or are you a trip that's worth the gas? How about that? <laughs> so you have to figure out- a trip that's worth the gas. Exactly. You know, what do you really want out of this thing called life? You don't know where you're going to end up. You know, I don't know if you believe in heaven and hell or, you know, I think I'm going to end up on Jupiter somewhere because <laughs> I'm from another scene. But thank you again so much for being so honest, so transparent and, you know, just giving me an opportunity to, you know, lay the groundwork for questions that people want to know, they want to ask um, and being so transparent, your gift. Thank you so much, Tara. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks. Can I appreciate you? Will you go in and love, like, share, and subscribe? Tell your friends to check out the podcast because it's like uber cool, okay? That we got heady people on here that are sharp, that are really ready to pour into you. But I hope your vessel doesn't have holes in it because I want you to be able to hold the information. Thanks so much. Again, come back and visit me. Keep me posted. Keep me sharp. Keep me in line. I salute you. <laughs> Bye, Brains.